This is the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast, hosted by Justin Poulin. Tune in every month as we speak with industry experts to highlight success stories and solutions from the field that advance the healthcare supply chain. And now, Justin Poulin with this month's expert. This is the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Poulin from Power Supply, and joining me is retired Lieutenant Colonel Bernard Harper and Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Gross. We're going to be talking about the DOD, or the Department of Defense, Skills Bridge Program, which is a great opportunity, obviously something that ARM has partnered with you all on. Looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that. And I'm going to introduce each of you before we get started. Mr. Harper, why don't we start with you? Give us a little bit of your background. I am Bernard Harper. I'm a retired Lieutenant Colonel. I'm a Medical Logistics Corps officer by trade. Been 20 plus years in uh, medical logistics and acquisitions. Retired out of the Army out of Walter Reed and have been retired for the last 10 years, still working in the field with the National Institute of Health and now back in the Department of Defense. All right. And Matt, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So Matt Gross, Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Air Force, still active duty. I've got about 25 years and some change in. A lot of that time has been spent in the, the medical logistics arena. And so this topic is near and dear to my heart, and I'm, I'm glad to participate. Thanks for the intro. Well, I'll tell you, in supply chain these days, and really maybe not unique to healthcare supply chain, we're always looking for good people. <laughs> and, you know, there's definitely more demands on supply chain professionals in healthcare all across the country. I'm sure that's not a surprise to either of you, but I think it it really highlights well why this skills bridge program is so important, but there may be people listening going, what is he talking about? So Matt, I will have you start, maybe give us an overview of the skills bridge program. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that lead in. So from my perspective, having been a former squadron commander and, and approving these program attributes for my folks, I'll start out by characterizing the program and, and what it is and, and how it can benefit both sides of the coin. So the DOD Skillbridge program is an opportunity for military personnel to gain valuable civilian experience through the deliberate industry training, apprenticeships or internships during the service member's last 180 days of military service. And so the skill bridge connects service members with industry partners for real world job experiences. This is invaluable when service members are transitioning into the civilian communities. Additionally, skill, skill bridge helps service members bridge that gap between their end of service and then the beginning of that next sector career, as I just mentioned. So as far as the industry partners, they're offered real world training and work experience and in-demand career fields while having the opportunity to evaluate the service members' suitability for continued employment and hopefully at various levels within their organization at the conclusion of their military service. So, Bernard, how would you talk about your experience with the program? What would you add, you know, in terms of the value that this really brings? Because some of it's pretty obvious to me. You know, Matt really described the opportunity that's there for the service member that's ending, you know, their service to move into civilian life. And I, I can tell you, healthcare benefits greatly. Some of the best leaders in healthcare supply chain that I have met have come from active duty, and that's where they got their initial supply and logistics experience. Do you want to add anything to that? 
Yes. I mean, just having the opportunity to transition your military skills to a civilian format, to just to learn the language, to transfer your knowledge that you already have and working with the civilian counterpart, you're able to transition those into the dialect or the language of the civilian workforce and understand that you have an opportunity to break free in a way from the army structure, but bring all those skill sets that you have to the new industry, to the new business, going to work in something that's not military. You have those skill sets already, but this gives the confidence that you can work in the civilian sector, that your skills do translate, and having the opportunity to also hire people over the last 15 years who are transitioning out of the military to help them with that transition, saying that this equals that and that you are, were a CEO before you knew you were a CEO as you were leading small projects. And that's why you're not, you're not flustered on the civilian side, but this gives them the opportunity to see that in a non-threatening environment, to see that they can fit in. Yeah, I think one of the things I also like about this is that obviously many people with military service have exposure to healthcare. And sometimes when folks are coming new into healthcare supply chain, they might have even gotten an education in supply chain. But if you listen to, to the people who work in this industry, they'll tell you healthcare is very different. One of the things that really intrigues me about this program, and I think, Bernard, you mentioned that you had background during your service in healthcare, that you're kind of coming in with a little bit of that understanding. And in many cases, we're looking for candidates that have a sense of mission and who really understand that what they're doing isn't putting out a product. It's really tied to somebody's life. Do you feel like that's an asset, you know, with the skills bridge program that's coming to the table? It's a true asset. I have 11 key leaders right now who never worked in healthcare, but they've worked in supply chain. So the transition to tr supply chain, they are mission driven. They, they are subject matter experts. But to transition those folks into this is a matter of life and death versus it may be able to wait a couple days is the key mindset of healthcare. And they're able to make the adjustment. They just need the opportunity sometimes to, to show them that. But those who are already involved in healthcare come with that. But it's not that others can't join. And, and I have some very good staff around me who were not medical supply chain in the past, but they were supply chain. Excellent. Now, let's get an overview from the standpoint of how long has this program, you know, been around? How many different service members have gone through the program? Can you give me a feel for, for what that looks like? Yeah, hey, I can jump in. And so my personal experience has been going on three years now for the, the DOD SkillBridge program. In that time, we, we average annually around 15,000 service members participating in the program. And right now, if, if my math serves me correct, we've got a little over 2,500 approved SkillBridge industry partners and that list is growing every day. And so while we may be talking about logistics and more specifically medical logistics or logisticians seeking that, that transition, there are opportunities to the left and right of that for thousands of folks seeking those transition services and looking to expand their skills and, and add back to the civilian community. Now, they are still active duty when they're going through this program, correct? 
Yes, sir, that is correct. So one of the the mandates for this program is that it's 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 executed or taken advantage of within the last 180 days of that service member's career. And so the point to that is you don't want them to do that too early in their career because they could have a change of direction and on both sides, right? The member could could decide to change the direction or the, or the company could as well. But again, within the last 180 days, the member is able to do 90 days of a skill bridge program. And so it really offers a great segue into their, into their next life. What are some things as, you know, maybe there are people out there that are like, wow, I didn't know this was available to us and they want to get involved and we'll give them some information about how to find the program and, you know, get more information before we wrap up. But what are some things they need to keep in mind that would really help them make sure that this would be successful, not only, you know, for the healthcare organization, but also for the member that's participating in the SkillBridge program? Because I feel like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, that sounds great. And then they just jump right in and they don't really know necessarily how to make it, you know, work really smoothly for both. So as, as you're kind of thinking about this out there, listening to this podcast, maybe Bernard or Matt, you can kind of t- give people an idea of, hey, this is what you should be keeping in mind when you reach out and, and start to potentially partner with this program. For me, what I've seen is that the, the service member needs to give their leaders the time in advance that they that they want to participate in the program and what types of ideas that they have, the things that they want to do so that it is managed into uh, as a part of their transition. And so it's not a last minute. It's something they've thought about. And then for the agency that they're going into, they understand a lot of times that this person is transitioning from the military. I've seen that they appreciate the type of work ethic that the military personnel brings. But for the soldier, it's, it needs to be part of a plan or the transitioning service member so that the transition, those six months are part of what they want to do. They lock into it. They commit to it. And it can only be beneficial from there. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to tag on to that. And so as part of the skill bridge packet that the service member is filling out, there is an approved training plan that has to be accommodated on both sides. And so the industry partner has to agree to that and be able to facilitate that, as well as the military member being able to meet those requirements. And there's some very specific things. So training cannot exceed 40 hours per week the type of training or affiliation going on cannot put that military member in a place where there's a conflict of interest. What would be an example of that conflict of interest? So let's say that I'm a middle management or upper management logistician for the military, and I'm in charge of reviewing contracts that go out for bid. So if I am performing a skill bridge with an industry partner that could be bidding on one of those contracts, I'm sure you can imagine that that would be a conflict of interest. And so the government has a clause that military members cannot create a conflict of interest with those that seek to do business with the government or will be seeking to do business with the government. And so you just have to keep those things in mind. And so if if you were dead set on a specific company because you've already had conversations with them and, and you're lining up SkillBridge, but you know they have contracts with your particular branch of service or department, then there might be some other affiliates within the same field that are not bidding on contracts that you could perform your skill bridge with and then keep ties with that other company. 
so that they can see your progress and it would not create that conflict of interest. So certainly there's ways around that, but members need to be aware of that and, and not fall victim to that. So let's talk about how they can learn more. I know we're already, I can't believe it. I feel like I could ask 40 more questions and just really dive into this. But I know you've got information on a website and we'll absolutely post a link to the SkillBridge program, specifically the page about how to become a partner so that folks out there can learn more about that. We'll have it, we'll have it in the show notes, but it's essentially skillbridge.asd.com. M-I-L slash industry dash employers dot H-T-M-L. So we'll have that posted. You probably didn't type that down super fast or write it if you're listening to the show, but we'll have that posted in the show notes as well. But what are some other ways to get additional information other than through the website? Look, the transition assistance program has this information as well when service members are leaving the service. And we're trying to push this out so that more leaders have it. So as they're talking to service members who are exiting the service, they can pass this information on to them as well. But overall, I, I, if someone is looking at this program and go into this site, I'm extremely impressed with the number and the capabilities and the different types of sources, resources that are available from these vendors. So it's a large opportunity, a lot of opportunities out there to choose from. All right. Well, as we wrap up, anything that either of you want to add before we close? I'd just like to, to put in a plug for the industry partners and, and maybe a little bit on why they would want to pursue this. And so as we look at the world today and we want to diversify not only our products, but our people and those that we do business with, I think this program specifically from the DOD is one olive branch forward to continue to do that. And so it, it does many things, right? It, it attracts all folks from the various services that, that might do logistics in their own niche way. And so what that does is further develop your workforce. It brings in new personnel, new ideas, new methodologies and ways of doing business and, and executing logistics, not just medically, but, but writ large in, in the logistics industry. And so I appreciate this podcast and, and helping not really sell that, but to get this information out there to expose people to the opportunities and also help enlighten the industry partners that for their human resources, here is now another avenue to find highly qualified and intrinsically internally motivated individuals. I just did an interview with somebody else and they were saying, you know, for these materials management positions, is this, can this truly be considered an entry level position anymore? And so I think what you're describing there, Matt, is, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions about that. There's some critical thinking and some experience that really is required of positions that might have traditionally been seen as entry level and just having some logistics and supply chain or even just healthcare background coming into that and then having a chance to really, I would say, try it on for size, right? While they're still active duty and see if it's a good fit. From that human resources perspective, I don't know a better way to find employees that are going to be passionate, motivated, and really know what they're getting into when they come on to the workforce. So I, I think this program is really serving a need for the healthcare supply chain industry. And, and again, we'll have the link to those notes. Bernard, anything you want to add before we wrap up? No, thanks for the opportunity to be here. And I, I just appreciate being able to talk about this program. Thank you. 
All right. That was Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Gross and retired Lieutenant Colonel Mr. Bernard Harper talking about the DOD Skill Bridge program here on the Armed Subject Matter Expert Podcast. We're going to be doing this every single month, talking to industry experts, highlighting success stories. This certainly was a success story. Tune in again next month. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Armed Subject Matter Expert Podcast. For additional resources, visit our website at arm.org. That's A-H-R-M-M dot org. Tune in next month for another edition of the Armed Subject Matter Expert Podcast. Podcast.